All right, so guys, that is coming to the forum August the 5th through the 8th. That, uh, the Compassion Experience is connected with Compassion International. You've probably heard of them. I've talked about them uh, a lot here at our church. But August the 5th through the 8th, they are bringing something, and it's going to be, actually, it's going to take up the entire back parking lot of the forum that whole weekend called the Compassion Experience. It is the closest thing you can get to going to another country, an underdeveloped country, uh, other than simply getting on a plane and going there. Uh, if you will never do that, if you never get the chance to actually go there, uh, this is going to be your opportunity to literally go. I promise you, what you see in the Compassion Experience, you are never going to forget. Okay, and, and here's what I want you to know. I don't know what got you here today, and I don't know, you might be here for the very first time. I really, like I said, I don't know what got you here. That is not a summit event. It says Summit Community Church. The only reason it says that is because I have a deep heart for compassion. I love what they're doing. I called them, and I got them, I'm, I begged them, literally, to bring the compassion experience here. They've only ever brought it to large urban areas. They've never brought it to small rural towns. This is the first time it's ever been to a community like ours in, the enti- in, in its history in America. This is the first time they've ever been to a small town. And this is just a big deal. This is not a summit event. This is not even a church event. It is a people event. I think if you're a person, you need to see what's going to happen in there. It takes about an hour to walk through because you walk through the lives of three kids. It is an exact replica of kids in Bolivia, Uganda, several other places. You are never going to forget it, all right? If you're a teacher, school's back in session for you. I know Perry County at least will be, but if you are a teacher, you lead a group, take your group through there. It's completely free. Here's what you need to know. At that website there, compassion.com slash change, they want you to pre-register. Anybody can walk up and go through it, but it's kind of like a restaurant. If you've got reservations, first come, first serve. You know what I mean? So, it, so it's completely free. But if you know you're going to come, then go to that website, and you can pick any of the times that will pop up on your screen. You can screen. You can block that out for your group, for your family, or just for you. Take as many people as you want to through there. You can go through it as many times as you want. Not only can you go through it, you can also serve there. Compassion needs volunteers to help make this happen. You serve at the Compassion Experience in four-hour time slots. Uh, I'm going to serve there. A lot of other people uh, are as well. And so if you want to actually work in the Compassion Experience, go to Compassion.com slash change, and you can sign up to do that that weekend. Now, August the 7th, August the 7th, in our church service. Do not miss August the 7th, all right? Do not miss August the 7th, all right? I always say, hey, listen, never miss church unless, you know, you've got the flu or you're real sick or something like that. Listen, if you are real sick, get a hazmat suit and come to the forum on August the 7th. Do not miss. We are ne- we, it, it's going to be a service unlike anything else. It's Compassion Sunday And I am so excited about what's going to happen in this room on Sunday, August the 7th. Please, please do not miss it. And they're going to do some special things back there in Summit Kids as well. It is going to be, our church is never going to be the same, I'm convinced, because of this weekend. So I I want you to be a part of this. I want you to experience it, all right? It's a commitment. might take a little bit of your time. I want you to know it's worth it, all right? So that is August the 5th. Through the 8th, the Compassion Experience, August 7th in church that, that morning right here is, the, is Compassion Sunday. You're going to hear more about it, but if you want to sign up, Compassion.com slash change. All right? Hey, guys, hey, if you've got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and grab it. I want you to go ahead and turn it on. We are going to dive in 
to God's word today. So I hope, you, uh, I hope you're ready to, uh, to uh, look at several Bible passages today. Today's going to be a little different, and here's why. It's because Ricky's already mentioned to you that next week we are launching Summit Whitesburg. It was awesome that when Ricky said Summit Whitesburg earlier, everybody, all kinds of people started to clap cheer, celebrate, because we have been praying for this. We've been excited about it. There's been a lot of work that's went on behind the scenes. And next Sunday is the launch of Summit Whitesburg at the Mountain Shriners building right there in Whitesburg. Going to be next Sunday, 11 o'clock. So while we're here at Hazard worshiping, Summit Whitesburg is over there. We are officially next week, we are one church in two locations. All right? And it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. But maybe you're thinking, why are we doing this again? That's real weird. Why, why are we starting a church in Whitesburg, number one, the booming metropolis of Whitesburg? And number two, why are we starting another church anyway? That's real weird. I've never been a part of a church that does that, talks that like that, prays about stuff. Why are we starting of the churches. So, so I want to talk about why we're doing that today. Because if today's your first time, maybe you just kind of strolled in the door. Uh, today's going to be, I'm going to do something a little different. But, but if you're just strolling through the door today, or if you're here every single week, this is a key part of who we believe God has called us to be as a church. A church that plants, starts other churches. In fact, we've got a core value as our church, of, and it's simply this on the screen. We don't maintain, we multiply. We believe that God's given our church a vision of not just maintaining this church so that all the resources stay in this church, so that this church right here in Hazard just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Listen, that is not our vision. Our vision, yeah, we want as many people as possible to come, but our vision isn't to just have, simply have a big church right here in Hazard. No, we believe that God has given us a vision to multiply. And so I want to talk about that. I want us to see why we're doing this today from the Bible. Because here's what you need to know. This church, I'm talking about this church, Summit Community Church is not the end. Did you know that? Like in heaven, everybody doesn't get a Summit t-shirt. All right? Summit is not the end. This church is not the end. In fact, we can say it this way. The church is not the end. I'm talking every church. I'm talking the big C, universal, global church. The church is not the end. Now, it's a means to an end, but the church is not the end. The, the end goal, the end game for what God has in mind is something called the kingdom of God, all right? It's something called the kingdom of God. And um, you know what? Before I keep going, I have a really strong sense that I need to pray. Let's pray together. Jesus, we just pray right now, your strong name. We would buy into this today. We would would open up your word. We're gonna be in a lot of places today in your word. And Jesus, would you just open up our hearts open up our eyes and our minds, and maybe we would leave today with a bigger vision of you. Maybe today we would leave with a bigger vision of what the church is supposed to look like in the world. Maybe all this time we've kind of had a small view. And maybe today we'd have a bigger vision of our own lives and how we fit in to this thing, this beautiful thing 
that you are building called the kingdom of God. So in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So what is the kingdom of God? I mean, Jesus, the very first thing Jesus says, if you've got a Bible, look at these verses. And listen, guys, listen, listen. We're going to study the Bible today. Can I lead us in a big Bible study today? It really doesn't matter because I have the mic and that's already what i got planned. So that's what I'm going to do anyway. All right? But we're going to look at a lot of Bible verses today. So if you've got a Bible on your phone, look at Mark chapter 1, verse 15. Mark 1, 15, you can look at this in your own copy of the Bible. All of these verses I'm going to try to put up on the screen for you. But Mark 1, 15 says this. This is Jesus. This is the very first thing that Mark records Jesus saying. I mean, right out of the box. This is the very first thing that Jesus says. Look at what Jesus says, Mark 1, 15. The time is fulfilled and the, say this with me, kingdom of God is at hand. I mean, right out of the box, Jesus comes, and the very first thing Jesus says is, the time is fulfilled. The Old Testament has talked about a Messiah is going to come. Somebody's going to come and bring salvation to the world. That time's fulfilled. That's me. My name's here. That's me. I'm Jesus. And then he says this, the kingdom of God is at hand. So what is... The kingdom of God. I mean, if you, if you read the Bible, if you read the Bible, on almost every page of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus talks about this thing, the kingdom of God. Jesus tells stories about the kingdom of God. Jesus will heal somebody from a disease or, or drive a demon out of a town or somebody's life, and he'll say, the kingdom of God has come. So what is the kingdom of God? What is it? Well, I love this definition here. It's by a guy named Jeff Christofferson. And Jeff Christofferson, he just simply says this, that the kingdom of God, in the simplest terms, the kingdom of God is what the world looks like when King Jesus gets his way. It's what the world looks like when King Jesus gets his way. Every time injustice is pushed back in the world, the kingdom of God comes a little more. Every time wrongs are made right, the kingdom of God comes into the world a little more. Every time diseases are cured and overcome and obliterated from the scene, the kingdom of God comes a little more. Why? Because in the kingdom of God, there is no sickness. Amen? There is no death. There is no disease. So the more this world looks like where we're going, remember we talked about that last week? The more this world looks like the kingdom of God that Jesus is bringing where we're going, every time that happens, to the smallest degree, to the biggest degree, the kingdom of God breaks into the world. Remember when Jesus, in the Lord's Prayer, you guys know the Lord's Prayer, right? If if you don't know it, you've at least seen it on a coffee cup or, or, or sewn on a pillow or something, right? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What's the next part? Thy kingdom come. Jesus said, listen, listen, listen. You want to pray about something that matters? Pray that the kingdom would come. Every time a church is planted, every time a church opens its doors, there is a brand new kingdom outpost in the world. And we're not starting a church in Whitesburg because we think we've got it figured out. We're not starting another church in Whitesburg because we think we're better than all the other churches there. We just simply believe that we need to be a part of doing whatever it takes so that men, women, boys, and girls can hear about Jesus, have an opportunity to respond, so that darkness is pushed back and the kingdom comes. We're starting a church in Whitesburg. We are doing way more than that. We are planting a kingdom outpost in Whitesburg. One of the primary ways that the kingdom of God comes into the world 
is every single time somebody gives their heart to Jesus, the kingdom of God breaks into their life. Every time somebody says, Jesus, I'm done being my own king. I need you to be king. Here's my heart. Save me. Forgive me for my sins. We see it happen almost every single week here. We've seen it happen dozens of times. We're praying that it happens like crazy in Whitesburg beginning next week. But every time somebody surrenders their hearts to Jesus and asks Jesus to be king of their life, the kingdom of God breaks into their life. See, I want you to know today, you need to know this. Maybe you should write it down. I think it might be on your app, but don't ever forget this. If you are a follower of Jesus, Jesus is building his kingdom in you right now. Every time our attitude shifts so that our attitude reflects Jesus' and not the flesh, the kingdom has come. Every time our minds are renewed so that we begin to think the way God thinks, the kingdom is coming into our lives. Every time we, we forgive someone, we seek forgiveness, reconciliation, the kingdom is coming in our lives. See, when Jesus saves you, the kingdom breaks loose inside of you. And as we grow spiritually, as we get connected to Jesus deeper, as God changes us and makes us more into the image of Christ, that's the kingdom of God breaking loose inside of you. God is building the kingdom in you. Doesn't matter if you're two or if you're 200, God is building the kingdom inside of every follower of Jesus. But here's the deal, here's the deal. See, not only does Jesus want to build the kingdom in you, Jesus wants to build the kingdom through you. Let me say that again. Jesus wants to build the kingdom in you, no doubt about it, no doubt about it, but he also wants to build the kingdom through you. So we have this idea that Christianity, by and large, is basically going to a church, hearing a guy speak for a couple of minutes, listen to a band sing, and then we all leave and we go about living our lives. And listen, it's bigger than that. Christianity is the downfall of every other kingdom so that Jesus can build his kingdom in our lives and in the world. That's Christianity. And, and so Jesus, Jesus wants to build the kingdom in you But man, he wants to build the kingdom through you. You say, Mark, where do you get that? I get that from the Bible. Because that's what Jesus has always done. Think about this for a second. Imagine that you are Jesus, all right? Imagine for a little bit you're Jesus, all right? Imagine you're Jesus, and you have been sent by God the Father on the mission to tell the world that humanity has hope, that there is salvation, you can be forgiven for your past, set free from your sin, set free from shame, you can have a relationship with God. That's a pretty big deal, right? That's a big deal. I mean, some of us, the only pressure we have is to put our pants on in the morning. Jesus had a pretty big daggone mission. Hey, what would you do if you were Jesus? If that was your mission, to tell the world that hope has come, what would you do? Man, I don't know about you, but I would like just start running around like a chicken with my head cut off, and I would tell everything that has a pulse that there's hope and I'm it. There's hope and I'm it. Jesus come. I'm going to die for your sins. I would tell everybody. Listen, and because I'm God, I would create social media 2,000 years ago so I can put it on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat. I'd put it all over the place. I would tell everybody, hey, do you know how Jesus changed the world? Because if you're here today and you're not a Christian, you can't deny the fact that Jesus has changed the world. You can't deny that. 2,000 years later, even if you don't believe that Jesus was God at all, 2,000 years later, nobody's talked about more than Jesus. Nobody's as divisive as Jesus. 
2,000 years later, we're still talking about him. Whether you go to church or whether you don't go to church, people have an opinion about who Jesus is. Jesus changed the world. How? He picked 12 men and spent three years with them. That's how Jesus changed the world. Jesus picked 12 men. Now, one of those men, Judas Iscariot, Judas is going to betray Jesus, but Jesus picked 12 men, and and he taught them, he invested in them, he spent time with them, he ate meals and slept together with them, and he hung out with them. They were friends. He did ministry with them. He showed them what he was about to do. Jesus invested in those 12 men. Why did he do it? Why did Jesus, who knew he would only get three years in ministry, why, did it, why was the majority of Jesus' time only spent with 12 people? Because Jesus knew that one person could make a difference. But if you invested in a few other people, and those people invested in others who invested in others who invested in others, you multiply your impact. And when you die and when you ascend and go back to heaven where the Father is, the mission can keep going because you have multiplied your impact. That's exactly what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. You can look at it there, but it's on the screen. Write it down so you can read it later. Jesus, every time he would call the disciples to follow him, Jesus, Matthew 4, 19, he says to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. It's not going to be about us and our little group. It's not going to be us and our holy huddle. You follow me. I'll multiply multiply myself into you guys so that you can multiply yourselves into other people and we can change the world. So Jesus called 12 men, spent three years with them. Right before Jesus ascended back to heaven, he says this in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses In Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to where? To the end of the earth. In other words, this is going to multiply. This is not going to be some small little thing we do in Jerusalem, guys. This is going worldwide. When the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you, like he does every single Christian, when the Holy Spirit comes, he is going to give you power to be witnesses, power to tell people what Jesus has done for you, power to tell people who Jesus is. And so the Holy Spirit comes about 40 days after Jesus comes back from the dead. The Holy Spirit gives Peter and the other disciples power, and in Acts chapter 2, the church is born. And in Acts chapter 2, the church is born. The Holy Spirit's come. That power's there. It's inside of them. The Holy Spirit is coming. Peter preaches the very first sermon in the history of Christianity. And over 3,000 people, Acts chapter 2 says, get saved. Tweet that, bro. That's awesome. Right? 3,000 people get saved. I'm going to spike my Bible, chest bump Ricky Steele, and celebrate a circle T. Right? Come on. But hey, 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 here's the question. Here's the question. Here's the question. Um, what did the Holy Spirit lead those over 3,000 people to do once they got saved? Let's read it because the Bible tells us. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47 says this. This is what the Holy Spirit led all of those people to do. Watch. Acts 2, 42 through 47. And they, all those people, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. 
And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. In other words, what just happened? The Holy Spirit saves over 3,000 people and then the Holy Spirit leads all of those people to start the church. Time out, time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. Hey, have you ever heard anybody say, I've got Jesus, I don't need the church? You ever heard that? You've heard that, right? Shake your head, this means yes. You've heard that, right? I've heard that, I hear that all the time. I don't really need the church. The church is an option, I've got Jesus, that's enough. Notice, that's not what the Holy Spirit told 3,000 people at the beginning. Notice the Holy Spirit said to them, you need Jesus and you need each other. You need the church. Time in. So the Holy Spirit leads all these over 3,000 people to start the church. And then the rest of the book of Acts tells us that the Holy Spirit then leads these believers to start local churches that start other churches. So the book of Acts is the story of how the gospel goes worldwide. And the reason it goes worldwide is because the Holy Spirit started calling people to be kingdom builders. See, Jesus is a kingdom builder, and if you're a follower of Christ, so are you. We are kingdom builders. And so the Holy Spirit in the rest of the book of Acts, he calls people, he gives people visions for their families, visions for where they live, visions for the world that they live in, visions to go and to tell this guy that they live next to, to tell this woman that lives down the street about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done in their life. And and so the Holy Spirit is calling them to go into the world and be kingdom builders. And then the Holy Spirit would call some people to go and start churches, And all of the churches in the book of Acts, in fact, all of the churches in the New Testament had this unique dynamic that they were churches that started other churches. Let me show you this. Acts chapter 13 is going to be on the screen. Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 4. It says this. Now there were in the church of Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaean, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Watch this. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, having church, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. They're having church and then the Holy Spirit says, listen, there's a group of people in your church. I'm gonna send them out from your church to start another church. Verse three, then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, And from there they sailed to Cyprus. And you know what they did? They started churches that started churches that started churches that started churches that started churches. And thousands of years later, you are in Hazard, Kentucky, worshiping Jesus in a church. Why? Because the Apostle Paul and all of these people led by the Holy Spirit, they knew that they were called to start churches that started other churches. And praise God, here we are worshiping the same Jesus, filled with the same Spirit, on the same mission. See, the Holy Spirit hasn't changed. Did you know this? The Holy Spirit in the book of Acts has not changed. Can can I say it this way? Can I say it this way? Every single thing in the book of Acts that the Holy Spirit does, he still does today. Every single thing. Every single thing. Now, here's how far we've come. 
See, when I stand up like I just did and I say everything the Holy Spirit does in the book of Acts, he still does today. Somebody in the room is thinking this. He's talking about speaking in tongues. About to get good. Right? And you're like pulling out your tambourine and the snake and all this stuff. And we just think that that means speaking in tongues. My, my background is Baptist. I have a Baptist background. The only thing Baptists know about the Holy Spirit is he freaks them out. That's it. Scares them to death. They pee a little when somebody mentions him. All right? Then you go to the other extreme. I get this question. I get this question sometimes. So you're the pastor of that summit church. It's all right. Hey, let me ask. Is that a spirit-filled church? Is, that a spirit, is Summit a spirit-filled church? I get this question from time to time. And I know what they mean. I know what they mean. They mean denominationally wise. Where do we line up? They mean speaking in tongues, running laps, and I lost all the keys to my Honda, and all that. And if you interpret that, take the recording, slow it down. That was real good, but I'm not going to give it away. You've got to take it back. Um, hey, listen, the Holy Spirit still does that today. I don't speak in tongues. There are people in this church that do. I don't have a problem with that at all. People say, Mark, is, is, is Summit a spirit-filled church? I instantly, yes, it is, absolutely, absolutely. If it's not, I quit. Work at a Walmart. It, I mean, it better be, right? If this ain't a spirit-filled church, bro, tell me where you're going. I'm going too. This better be, Summit Whitesburg better be a spirit-filled church. What's a spirit-filled church look like? Make no mistake about it. In a spirit-filled church, there's going to be passion. And there better be. In a spirit-filled church, there's going to be excitement. There better be. If Jesus is alive, that's better than anything the world's throwing today. Right? What's a spirit-filled church look like, though? The book of Acts shows us. A spirit-filled church... Looks like men, women, boys, and girls who have said, Jesus, I want you to be king. So Jesus is building the kingdom inside of them. And so it looks like people using their gifts, playing their part, and saying, Holy Spirit, you can use my life. Holy Spirit, I want you to multiply the gifts that I'm given. So, so it looks like people following the Holy Spirit. So it's people in church saying, oh my gosh, our church has a need. I'll meet that need. Oh, our church needs people to serve there. I'll serve there. You know what? The Holy Spirit has given me a passion to reach these people right here in our neighborhood. That's awesome. You know what? The Holy Spirit's given me a different kind of passion to impact these people. That's awesome because I'm a teacher in the school and I see these kids and nobody notices these kids, but I can't stop thinking about these kids. And it's just like the Spirit of God is calling me, drawing me to love these kids. That's awesome that you're like that because where I work downtown I just see these people every day God's giving me a burden for this group I was talking to somebody there in the back and God's connected their heart to a family here locally I see Sarah Burton there at Second Chance Mission making a difference this past week we had Mega Sports Camp one of the best things we have ever done as a church we had over 100 kids all nights except for one lowest attendance was 89 the overwhelming majority of those kids don't go to our church at all and there were people that go to our church they were working with kids they'd never met before and God broke their hearts for kids, for families, for communities. Hey, hey, there was a, I didn't ask permission, so I'm not going to use his name, but they'll know who I'm talking about. There was a little boy this week, like I said, I don't, I don't use people's names unless I get permission. A little boy this week invited his friend to come with him on Mega Sports Camp, just happened to come on Wednesday night. That's the night we walked around, I did, shared the gospel. We had 21 kids get saved Wednesday night at Mega Sports Camp. That's awesome. And, um, and that little, that little boy, 
invited his friend. He came on Wednesday night, and that little and, and his friend had been trying to get him to come to church forever and never did. Came to Mega Sports Camp. The friend that he brought got saved Wednesday night, and the the parents have already said they want him to get baptized right here at our church. And the mom was telling me this story, and they was talking to talking to her son about how God used him, and he said, "You mean God used me?" You know what that is? That is spirit-filled kingdom work, man. That's what it is. Hey, a spirit-filled church looks like some people saying, man, I, I just got a burden to start something over there. Why are we starting church in, some, in Whitesburg? For years, past couple years, Tim Isom, you know, I, was gonna say, I will say Tim's name. I didn't ask permission to do this. But I'm about to bring you up here anyway. For years, Tim Ison has talked to me about the, uh, the overwhelming burden he has for Whitesburg and Letcher County. That's where he's from. That's where he's got relationships. He's praying for them. And he couldn't shake it, couldn't shake it, couldn't shake it. And he's our campus pastor at Summit Whitesburg. And he's going to be preaching next Sunday morning about how to have hope in uncertain times. What is that? That is spirit-filled kingdom work. In a spirit-filled church, the Holy Spirit gives people a passion to go to parts of the world you've never even been. And it's scary, but I just think i got to go. Is our church spirit-filled? Man, you better believe our church is spirit-filled. This church is filled with spirit-filled men, women, boys, and girls. Missionaries who want to make a kingdom difference in the world. And see, see, Jesus is a kingdom builder, and we are called to be kingdom builders. I love this quote. I love this quote. Things going to be on the screen. Watch this. What if under God you took the spiritual responsibility that every man, woman, boy, and girl in a four-block radius would have the opportunity to hear and see and taste and smell and feel the good news of Jesus Christ on multiple occasions so that each can intentionally accept or reject the gospel? Watch, watch. What if you drew a circle on a map and said, under God? We take spiritual responsibility for these lives. What if you took a map of your school and drew a circle around its students and said, under God, this year, I'm going to do whatever it takes so that all of my classmates can have the opportunity to intentionally accept or reject the gospel of Jesus. But under God, I am taking the spiritual responsibility of my friends and my school on me. What if you drew a map around the team you're on? You said, under God, yeah, I'm going to play. I'm going to bring it this season. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to do the best I ever have. But this season, under God, I'm taking the spiritual responsibility for my teammates. If you drew a circle around where you worked and said, under God, I'm taking the spiritual responsibility for every person that works in this office. I hate this job. Rather get a slap in the face on Monday morning than go. But maybe the reason I'm here is because I'm supposed to take the spiritual responsibility for these people. What if you do a circle around your family, your neighborhood? Hey, what if our church drew a circle around eastern Kentucky and said, under God, 
we will take the spiritual lives of these people as our responsibility. And we will do whatever it takes so that every man, woman, boy, and girl can have the opportunity to intentionally accept or reject the gospel of Jesus. What would it look like if we did that? It would look like a lot of things, but one thing it would look like is we would be a church that starts other churches in Whitesburg and in every surrounding area. Why? Because eternity is real. Jesus is real. And we believe there is nothing more important than the message that Jesus was dead, buried, rose again on the third day for the salvation of all people. And all people can freely accept him. See, the opportunities are everywhere. The opportunities are everywhere. And God has called us to be kingdom builders. One more thing before we're done. One more thing before we're done. This is not optional. This idea that you and I are kingdom builders, this isn't optional. So it's not like, hey, well, you know what? The guy on the end of the road came, but, but I just like coming to church. I'm really not going to do anything. I love this quote from Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon says this, every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. Everyone. Doesn't matter. So what would it look like if you were a kingdom builder? Maybe it'll look like you serving. Maybe you come and you don't serve. We would love to have more kingdom builders in this church. Serving in kids, serving in students, serving in the lobby. We need kingdom builders to work on our website online. We need kingdom builders up here in the worship team. We need kingdom builders to help at the sound booth. We need kingdom builders to help with every area of this church. Maybe God's called you to to start some kind of ministry where you work. We need kingdom builders in this city. I believe this city needs kingdom of God builders. Maybe God's given you a vision to start some kind of business. Maybe you've thought about starting it somewhere else. What maybe you start it here. Why? Because you're going to be a a kingdom builder right here in eastern Kentucky. Here's something I've never said in five years in this church. Maybe God has called you to vocational ministry. Like that's your job. Specifically, Maybe you're here and you hear us talking about Summit Whitesburg and you're thinking, man, I think God wants me to start a church. Then I would love to talk to you. And our church would love to invest in you. And our church would love to send you out and resource you and do whatever it takes to see that dream that God's put in your heart fulfilled. And let's reach this region and this world together. Maybe, maybe, I've never said this before, maybe God's called you to be a missionary in a part of the world you have never even been. Hey, you know what? In a spirit-filled church, that happens, right? You better believe that happens. And if that happens and you're it, praise God. I would love to talk to you. We would love to resource you. We would love to send you so that you can fulfill the dream that Jesus Christ has put in your heart. Jesus is a kingdom builder. And we are called to be kingdom builders as well. Here's what we're going to do. I want our Whitesburg team, some of them aren't here today. I want our Whitesburg team and everybody connected to them. I want you guys to come up here on the stage right now. All of our Whitesburg team, you guys come on up. Some of them aren't here today. But our Whitesburg team, you guys come on. You can bring whoever you want with, with you. 
but I want our Whitesburg team to come up here right now. Somebody asked me this morning, Mark, all these people you're sending off, don't you like them? We love these people, don't we? Don't we love these people? My gosh. Man, this is all. But here's why this is a big deal. Because every Christian really is a missionary. Every Christian is a missionary. And so these men and women and their families are being sent out as missionaries from our church. They are starting some at Whitesburg, and God is going to use them to advance the kingdom over there. So we're going to pray for them. Here's what I want. I want as many of you as whoever wants to. I want you to come up here right now, and we're going to gather around, and we're going to lay hands on them. If the whole church wants to come up on stage, that'll get real messy and chaotic, and I love chaos. So come on. Come on. Whoever wants to come up, come up right now. If you see somebody, I don't want any of these people left standing alone. I want somebody coming up here laying their hands on them. We're going to gather around them. We're going to pray for them. So I want you to come on right now. Whoever wants to, you come on. All right? You come from the back, from the front, doesn't matter. I want you to gather around these people. I want you to pray for them. It's a big deal what we're doing here. All right? Gather around all these people. I want you to lay hands on them, pray for them. We're going to pray for them as a church. It's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, come on. Come on. Awesome. Now I want everybody else to stand up. Everybody else stand up. And we do this from time to time. You know, in the Bible, God's people would extend their hands in a certain direction just to indicate that the people of God were praying in unison over something. And so, so if you would, right now, if you would, we're going to pray. But I would love for our entire church just to extend your hands forward just in unison as we pray for these men and women, this Whitesburg team. So go ahead, extend your hands. We are praying for these people this morning. Let's pray together. God, this is a a pivotal day for this church. This church will never be the same after today. And we don't want to be the same. We don't want to just come to church and then go home and go about our lives. We want it driven home today. We are missionaries. Men, women of God who live in this community work and have a vision of another kingdom, have a vision of a better kingdom, have a vision of a Jesus-brought kingdom coming into the world and bringing hope. And so, God, I pray for every single man woman that's on this Whitesburg team as they go out and beginning next Sunday, weekly services, every Sunday at 11 o'clock, They are launching a church there. We are sending them out today. We're commissioning them. And they are filled with your spirit. Father, your word says in 2 Peter that we lack no thing we need for life and godliness. We don't lack anything. God, I thank you that every single thing they need for this work is found in the gospel of Jesus. Confidence is, courage is, strength is, words are found in the gospel of Jesus. There is hope 
in the gospel of Jesus. Father, you go with them. Joshua 1.9 tells us, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God goes with you wherever you go. You are going with them. And God, we pray that you would get Whitesburg and Letcher County ready. Father, we pray that all this week people would see the talk that's happening online. We pray that friends are inviting friends. We pray that you would supernaturally get the word out. God, I thank you that even when we're sleeping, you're not sleeping. God, I thank you that you, you do the work that all of us combined can never do. So, Father, do what only you could do this week. And, Father, we are asking that next Sunday you would perform a miracle, that people would be brought, men, women, boys, and girls would be brought from death to life and receive the gospel. God, that disciples would be made, that a church would be born. Father, that you would take a crowd in Whitesburg and Letcher County and turn it into a church, a radical movement of God. So, Father, protect these men and women from the schemes of the enemy because he is roaring like a lion over the fact that we would do something like this, over the fact that we would even think that a church in Hazard should start another one in Whitesburg and that we believe that both those churches should start other churches and it could just keep spreading. Father, he hates that thought. I know, God, he's going to try to attack every person and every family member that's represented on this stage. And Jesus, I am asking for supernatural protection over their lives. I pray that, God, you would protect their minds from thoughts that would just be filled with all kinds of scenarios that aren't true. I pray, Father, that you would bind the mouth of people who might even want to spread gossip and accusation that's not true. I pray, God, that any person that is filled with with some kind of spirit from the enemy that would want to disrupt this work, they would find themselves stopped in the power of Christ today. And, Father, I pray that you would take these men and women, and, Father, that they would be kingdom builders. God, I pray for every single person that's going to get saved at Whitesburg, that their families would be changed for generations. God, I pray for every person that's going to serve, every person from Whitesburg that's going to be in the band, every person from Whitesburg that's going to serve and be a part of this team. God, people we don't even know yet, but you do. God, we pray for them right now. We pray for them. And if they don't come next week, God, thank you, they are coming. And they are coming at your time. So, God, we thank you this is your work. We thank you that, Jesus, the church is your bride. And we thank you that, Jesus, you are invested in this far more than any of us will ever be. We thank you that, Jesus, in Christ, we cannot fail. That, God, if you are for us, no one can be against us. So, God, I pray that you would use these men and women. God, I pray that you would give us Whitesburg. That we would draw a circle around it and say, God, we, under God, we take responsibility. We do that in hazard, and we would do that wherever you lead us. We love you, Jesus. Thank you that you call. Thank you that you send. Thank you that as we go, you go with us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Love you guys, man. Bless you, buddy. Love you, man. Hey, let's give it up for our Whitesburg team one more time, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. Before we leave here today, we're done here. I just want to ask you, just want to ask you one question today before you leave. What would it look like for you to be a kingdom builder? Right? What would it look like for you to be a kingdom builder at home, where you live, where you work, where you go to school, on your team? What would it look like? 
If you say, I don't know, I'll tell you what you can do. Hey, why don't you take a step and get connected with this church? I'd love to meet you right now at First Steps. Maybe you want to take your connection card and say, you know what? I'm just kind of coming. I'm not really serving. I'm going to check the box that says on the back, I want to serve. Just take that step and be a kingdom builder. Let God use you. Multiply your life in exponential ways. All right? Summit, man, I just believe it's been good to be in God's house today. It's been awesome to do this, man. I love it. I love it. Love it, man. It's awesome. Hey, guys, next Sunday, we'll be back here. One church in two locations, all right? So I'm going to be here next week, and we're going to be here at the forum, and it's going to be awesome here. It's going to be awesome there. Man, God is a kingdom builder. We serve a kingdom-building God. Guys, I love you. I am praying for you this week. Hey, first-timers, hit the welcome table, but I'd love to meet a lot of you at First Step. Guys, you are dismissed. Love you guys.